This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant. Thank you for being true Bible-believing Christians and truth proclaimers and defenders. Um, just, I really just appreciate you and, uh, just sharing the podcast as always since we are shadow banned and censored. And it, it is God. We can't take any credit for it. This, the podcast downloads continue to increase in numbers and we're not doing anything to uh, warrant that. So we know it's you. So it's your fault. No, thank you. Seriously, thank you for doing that. Um, got E.W. Jackson with us today and so many stories we're going to get to. I'm going to mention some of the headlines and then we'll open up the podcast. Um, one of the things we're going to talk about is an update on all the violence and the arson, firebombing at uh, pro-life abortion, I'm sorry, pro-life clinics, anti-obviously abortion, uh, pro-life pregnancy centers, and even some churches across the country. The number now is more than 100, and no one, to our knowledge, and what we're going to quote Jelaine Appling from Wisconsin Family Council, no one has been brought in for questioning, let alone arrested. So why? We're going to talk about that. If that was something on the, do you think if that was a planned parenthood, uh, the story would be different? Yes, it wouldn't. You know that. Um, we're also going to talk about a little later on. Forbes yanked an article about a teenage girl who detransitioned, because that's not a popular word on the left, claiming it violated editorial guidelines. So we've had Laura Perry, former transgender, on the podcast before. Her story also is not popular, doesn't meet their guidelines. So this is what we call censoring misinf- censoring information. So what they're calling misinformation. It's actually astounding what's happening. Another article, one in four Jesuit Catholic universities cover gender-affirming treatment. You heard that right, one in four. And then a Texas teacher was fired for telling students Don't judge people for wanting to have sex with five-year-olds and asking children, students, to call pedophiles minor attracted persons. You're going to hear more of this. It's the logical progression and decline of what's going on in our culture. So, Lord, give us wisdom today, and, Lord, wake us up to what's happening and help us to redeem the time in our personal lives, in our community, in our country um, God, help us. Help us to understand the times and see what's happening, but also help us to know that you never change, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You've given us a mission, Lord. Help us not back down or be silent. Help us to speak the truth in love, but may we not compromise or conform to this world. We love you, God. We thank you that you are our help and our hope, and we look forward to that day when we are with you forever and away from all this nonsense. But in the meantime, help us be effective witnesses for you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Today's guest, E.W. Jackson, is back with us, host of The Awakening, a national radio talk show on American Family Radio. His goal is to awaken the body of Christ and all Americans to the fundamental threat to the spiritual and moral foundations of our constitutional republic. And he graduated from the University of Massachusetts and from Harvard Law School. We've talked a lot about Harvard in recent years and how they started out and now what's happening there. Uh, Maybe he can talk about that. But um, he's also the founder of STAND, Staying True to America's National Destiny. It's a nonprofit. We'll talk a little bit more about that. E.W. Jackson, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for having me, David. It's my pleasure. Yes, thanks for taking the time. Now, let's remind our listeners, we've got a, probably a lot of newer listeners that weren't with us. When you came on the show last time, it was a historic moment where we were breaking the news of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. And I know you had a little bit to say about that at the time, but that was just such a fun podcast to do live. And then you joined us uh, halfway through. Uh, just talk a little bit about what what went down, what has happened since, and just some observations in the last many months since that historic day. Uh, Wow. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It has not only taken us one step closer to the day in our country when we recognize the sacredness of life and realize that we should not be killing our unborn children. It has removed this, this, this false notion by a very bad court uh, that said 
somehow there is a constitutional right to kill an unborn baby. Well, we know there's no such thing in the Constitution. They made it up uh, uh, from whole cloth, and finally a Supreme Court came along that recognized that and overturned the decision. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it, that's the wonderful thing about it. It's moved us in the right direction. It's not the end of the battle, by right, the way, absolutely. But, it, but it's a giant step in the right direction. But, but here's what it's revealed. It's revealed this really pernicious, evil... Uh, motivation that people have to basically denigrate the value of life. Because mm. I think about, for example, uh, President uh, 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 Biden's speech, where he called uh, the what he called MAGA Republicans. Yep. Uh, he called us um, fascists. Wow. And, you know, there's one issue, David, one issue more than any other that drives them to apoplexy, and it is abortion. Mm-hmm. The fact that we say, rationally, reasonably, you and I were once conceived. Yes. We were once at that stage of development, just like we were once at, at seven months and eight months and nine months, and we were once infants. We've all come through that. To deny somehow that this is, this is human life is to deny scientific, as well as, as far as I'm concerned, spiritual reality. But the fact that we rationally say, but shouldn't these babies have an opportunity to live just like we have? Shouldn't they have an opportunity to, to ex- experience the joys of life? And, and, yeah, some of the problems that they will confront and, and overcome, shouldn't they have an opportunity to aspire to greatness? We are fascists for believing that. And that's really what drives them, it seems to me, more than anything else. So it's mm-hmm. revealed a radicalism uh, in the left, in the Democrat Party, that is, it, to me, is, is metastasizing into a very, very dangerous thing. And I know you mentioned before the program some of the attacks on these uh, crisis pregnancy centers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But here again, I think this, from their perspective, this crisis is revealing who they really are. Yes. And that's fascinating because uh, they are, and they're not trying to hide it anymore, many of them. They're open with their agendas. They're spouting their evil and, and their deeds of darkness. We, it, it's really amazing. But here's the problem. One of the problems, uh, E.W. Jackson is that people are kind of falling for their rhetoric and not paying attention to their actions, their policies with the legislation. I mean, Biden claimed to be a great unifier and he's, dividing Americans on purpose, but people are, I don't know, are they still buying what he's saying, him and Kamala Harris? I hope that most people are listening closely and analyzing it closely and realizing that the Democrat Party has really degenerated into a party of demagoguery. Um, Mm -hmm. They're no longer a party that is really interested in rational policy um, they they are they allow the borders to 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 be be literally invaded, and they say the borders are secure. Um, they they watch crime running rampant, and they watch inflation out of control, and they say everything's going great. Oh, it's it's wonderful, and I should be patted on the back for the great job I'm doing. I mean, they're so disconnected from the reality that most Americans experience that I hope people are at, at this point looking at them and saying, you simply can't listen to these people because they're so drunk with power mm-hmm. and drunk with this radical ideology that they, they follow that, uh, that you've simply got to discard what they say and pay attention to what they're doing. As I think that's happening. I really think we're going to see that in the November elections. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, help us come November. Um, by the way, I, we could speculate on the October surprise coming up. What, what are they going to unleash <laughs> through the media or on Americans? But before we uh, move on, E.W., um, you've got a conference coming up October 15th called Save the Children. Please tell us about that. Yeah, one of the, the untold stories in our country right now is that since the George Floyd incident um, in which he lost his life needlessly, and, um, of course, violent riots, looting of stores, attacking of federal buildings and police departments erupted all over the country. 574 riots all over the country uh, in, in less than a year. Since that time, one of the untold stories is that murder has increased by about 25% in the inner city. And among those who are most affected are innocent children. Hmm. And the Save the Children Conference 
is going to focus on the fact that you've got children. I think our youngest that we've documented so far is three months old. Uh, so you've got children three months old, three years old, five years old. And, and look, they, these are not, of course, kids. They're too young to have been involved in gang land activity or, or drug dealing. They are innocent children, sometimes sleeping in their beds. Uh, this young boy, Talia Farrow, he was sleeping, five years old, sleeping in his bed. Bullet came through the wall of his house and shot him dead. Uh, and and you, that story is told over and over again to the tune of 291 children at this mm. point since 2020. Wow. And we're, we're, Chicago is the epicenter of yes. this violence. And we're going there not just to deal with what's in, happening in Chicago, but as a platform to say to the country, we've got to address the issues that are causing this. And we know that one, one major issue is we've got to start locking up people who are violent predators. But we've also got to start talking about rebuilding families. We've got to talk about real educational opportunity and choice. We've got to talk about a relationship with law enforcement because, we you know, the Black Lives Matter comes along and says law enforcement is the problem. Well, okay, you defunded a lot of police departments. You've got uh, a recruitment problem now. You've yeah. got understaffed police departments all over the country. And you have an epidemic of murder and robbery and rape unleashed on the country. So obviously the police weren't the problem. Crime was. Yes. Uh, and so we've got to get back to those issues. That's what we're going to be talking about in Chicago, how we take action to actually stop this carnage. Oh, my goodness. There's so much we could talk about, uh, the hypocrisy. And people, I think, weren't getting the information. I think they jumped on the BLM bandwagon without realizing what their worldview was, without contrasting Marxism and Christianity. And by the way, friends, we've talked about this in the past. According to reports, Black Lives Matter raked in between 90 or $100 million that year in 2020 alone when cities were being burned, uh, police cars were being blown up, and uh, you know police precincts were being firebombed. And it was lawlessness. We saw, we saw godlessness and lawlessness on our streets. Uh, E.W. Jackson, I personally, I never thought I'd see that day in a country like America with our laws and with our uh, police force. I never thought I'd see that and police being told to stand down. Well, you know, Jesus said in the last days, iniquity or lawlessness would abound and the love of many would grow cold. And uh, frankly, I think that that's, that is most clearly expressed in, in the left's ideology. And you're right. Uh, no black person, no American of any background should support Black Lives Matter, not even the concept, because the concept is based on a lie. And the lie is that the greatest threat to black men in America or black people in America is the police. Well, that is a, a, a palpable, contemptible lie, because the fact of the matter is the greatest threat to the lives of, of black people in the inner cities, particularly across our country, is being murdered by another black person, usually a young black man. Mm. And uh, now we are, we are seeing that in stark relief, in bold, stark relief right now. And so we've got to reject these false ideologies. And you use the word godlessness, because that's the key word for Christians. Mm. You, know, you simply cannot bring good fruit out of a bad tree. And a godless tree is a bad tree. That's right. And so there's nothing good that can come out of the Black Lives Matter movement because it's rooted in godlessness. I'm sure most of your uh, viewers know that the first website they put up talked more about transgenderism and, and non-binary and doing away with the traditional family yes. than it did about any issues concerning black folks. Mm -hmm. uh, these, these people are not interested in helping black people. They're interested in pursuing a very far-left Marxist ideology and using black people and using race as the vehicle for, for perpetrating that on the rest of the country. Yes, yes. Um, E.W., thank you, by the way, for uh, doing that conference in Chicago, the home of hypocrisy and uh, Democrat leadership for decades and the, one of the most violent cities in our country. Why do you think... Uh, people aren't more upset or is it because they're not getting the information, the truth on the record numbers of murders every weekend, the gun violence and the murders. And as you say, children are being, you know, their lives are being taken across the country in these cities and the media, it's not convenient. So they're not reporting on it. Do you think it's because of that people aren't getting the information or it's not 
front page on the headlines that there's not more of a, I don't know, a reaction to this? Well, you know, I, I've said this, and I, I don't know whether people have, have thought about it, but I think more and more people will. We are facing in our country a cult of ideological idolatry, hmm. and it screens out everything else. In the same way that a cult, when it has these unrealistic, fantastic ideas that bear no resemblance to reality, that it wants everybody to accept, and of course it defines itself as superior because we understand this and the rest of the world does not. And and you people who don't get this, oh, there's something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with us. Hmm. That's exactly what we've got going on in our country right now. And so... The, 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 the statistically, I've called this statistically insignificant incident of a police officer engaged in a fatal conflict with a, a, a black suspect. Mm. Now, I know that the loss of a life is never insignificant. I'm talking about statistically. Statistically insignificant compared to the number of arrests that are made, compared to the amount of crime that goes on in the black community. But you would think that, that that's, that's the whole a story that that's what's happening in the black community what's what's got the black community in in turmoil is problems with police and it's just so far from reality but that's a cult-like belief and when you or i or anybody says well wait a minute let's look at the data Ooh, oh wait you're a bigot you're a hater you're a racist you're a sellout you're an uncle tom you're so, so the cult won't allow you to rationally consider what the solutions to it, to the real problems might be, because they are so busy defining for you what the problems are, and you're not allowed to look at the real. I mean, I've actually been told this. I've done interviews where CNN kicked me off one time because I said, "Well, it, when are we going to talk about?" the crime that is being perpetrated by black criminals against law-abiding black citizens. Yes. And I was told, well, we're not going to talk about that, so we, we don't need you anymore. Wow. Thanks very much. And, and boom, I was off. Mm. So that, that's what we're dealing with. And so, of course, the deaths of these children, no matter what they say about Black Lives Matter, they don't really matter because they don't fit the cultish narrative. Mm. Wow, I, I agree with you. Uh, those are some strong words, E.W. That uh, I absolutely agree with you, though. And what we're seeing when they're censoring one side of a debate, uh, really, that's communist policy. They're putting forth their propaganda, their narrative, and they're suppressing or censoring the other side, whether it's the big tech media conglomerate or whether it's something else. It's really amazing what we're seeing. Um, we've got two minutes left in this segment, um, so save the children. Um, tell us about the conference. Who's going to be speaking? And I know you're going to get information up on your website, which is standamerica.us. Tell us uh, more about what's going to happen at the conference. Right. The conference is going to be on October the 15th. It's going to happen at New Beginnings Church for the 620 South Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Drive in Chicago. And our host pastor is Pastor Corey Brooks. He's been out front and outspoken about the violence going on in the city of Chicago. So he's partnering with us to do that. We're going to have Dimitri Penny, who's a sergeant in the Dallas Police Department, and, and pastors from around the country. Uh, we're going to have uh, parents of murdered children speaking at this conference to wow. talk about what what actually happens and how... You know, because what's interesting is these stories are local news, David, for about a day. Yep. And then they disappear. Yeah. The parents are abandoned, uh, and there's no effort to say, well, wait a minute, well, what do we do about preventing this from happening again? It just happens again and again and again and again, and there's really no effort to do anything to stop it other than focus on other issues, particularly as in Chicago, wherever there's a black Democrat in charge, or any Democrat for that matter, it's about race. It's racism. Racism is the problem. But the fact these children are not being killed by Ku Klux Klansmen or white skinheads or, or, uh, or police officers with some kind of racial animus. They're being killed by young black criminals who don't care about human life. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. E.W. Jackson is our guest today, host of Awakening on American Family Radio. I love the American Family Association and all the work they've done for decades. Um, we'll get to probably on Thursday this week, very important story, but that flew under the radar. Um, Indiana University erected a statue honoring controversial sex researcher Alfred Kinsey. And so many people do not know about his legacy and what he's done. Uh, we're going to expose that and talk a lot about that. Um, we put him right up there with Margaret Sanger as uh, one of the most dangerous, uh, disgusting, and influential individuals that started a movement that have affected morality, affected the family and uh, uh, in America. But um, So E.W. Jackson, uh, not one abortion activist, has been arrested since May for firebombing or attacking Pregnancy centers, we're talking about violence, we're talking about arson. And I'm just going to read this story. We'll talk a little bit about it, let you respond. The FBI has yet to confirm any arrests in connection to the numerous violent attacks on pro-life organizations and churches since May. Neither the FBI nor police departments in in these areas in which the crimes occurred, and by the way, it's over 100 pro-life organizations and pregnancy centers and churches, uh, neither the FBI or police departments could confirm any arrests, according to the report. And we're talking about severe damage, arson, vandalism, tens of thousands of dollars of damage in some cases. And one radical leftist group, Jane's Revenge, took responsibility for at least 18 of the attacks. Um, we'll go on, and I'll share more details from the article in a minute, but the FBI has confirmed this. The investigation is ongoing. So E.W. Jackson Share a little bit about what your perspective is on this. These are things, crimes that are not being followed up on, and a lot of people don't understand the double standard and why. Well, you know, it comes back to the, the point I made earlier about cult-like thinking. Now, this has infected so much of our society today and, and so much of our, our cultural our law enforcement institutions, particularly at the national level. I think a lot of local police departments still are focused on the, the real problems. But the CIA, the FBI, seems to have been infected with this political wokeness. And so if it's not white supremacy, which they've declared to be the greatest internal threat to our country, um, then it simply doesn't get on the radar, mm-hmm. uh, or it certainly doesn't get priority. Um, uh, you, they sent, I forget the number of, I think it was like 30 FBI agents uh, down to uh, NASCAR when one of the drivers thought that there was a racial incident, and it turned out it was nothing but a, a, a loop, not a noose, a loop that was used to pull down the garage doors, <laughs> right. and they were all over the place. Yep. Uh, but they sent 30 agents. Um, I, not to make this personal, but I'll tell you, I, I was threatened by somebody from the left, as it turned out, uh, with my life, threatened to be shot, and the FBI supposedly took it up. I couldn't get them to respond or say anything. Hmm. Because here again, if it's not a threat from that's coming from the, the, the right, as they would put it, or from white supremacists, or from what they would deem racist, then they don't even want to talk about it, it seems. They don't even want to address it. It's sad because I think there are great FBI agents out there that still want to do the job, but I think that the leadership has really been infected with the same kind of thinking. So what about the threat to, to, um, to uh, Justice Kavanaugh? Uh, what about the, 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 the threats outside of Supreme Court justices' homes? They, may, they never addressed any of that. It's so it's it's a sad day because our law enforcement ought to be focused on simply fulfilling their mission of fairly uh, executing the laws and 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 enforcing the laws, not enforcing some kind of political agenda. And that seems to be what that seems to be what they've come to. Absolutely, and let's remind people: the elections are coming up, midterms in November. I mean, it's almost October, friends, and let's just remind people that aren't paying attention, the Biden administration has been aggressively working to expand the killing of unborn babies in abortions. It's done very little to stop the violence and hostilities directed at pro-life advocates and churches. And in July, House Democrats blocked a resolution condemning the violence against pro-life organizations and churches. The House Democrats 
blocked this revolution. So they won't even say, they won't even condemn the violence. So let's just continue to expose what they're doing and what they're saying, what they're not doing. Um, this, these are concerning times, but yet, EW, there are people that, that maybe might not support Biden and Harris or might not, they think he's doing an awful job, but they will go right back to the polls. They'll vote for whoever has a D behind their name. And that, if you're a Christian, that is idolatry, isn't it? It definitely is. It's not only idolatry, but it is, it is rank rebellion against Almighty God at a time when a nation that I really believe that God has given us, a nation that is providential, a nation that God ordained and blessed, and I think I can say that with authority because if you look at the history of this nation, by the way, my organization uses September to celebrate American History Month because the 17th was Constitution Day, and we mm. build a whole month around honoring our history because there's so much of it that is illustrious but but the most important part of it is that this country was founded and pioneered by people who had faith in almighty god and believed that they were accountable to him Mm. and uh, to the extent that we are now rejecting that or that aspects of our culture are now rejecting that in fact being hostile toward that and telling christians shut up, you don't have anything to say, you don't belong in the public square, your opinions don't matter, and we, we, we absolutely, completely reject and disregard all notions that we are in any way accountable to Almighty God. That, that to me, is what quintessentially makes this an exceptional nation. And if we ever lose that, we have lost America as we know it, and, and that's what we're fighting for. That's what people should be going to the polls to fight for. And by the way, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of what's in your party affiliation, you ought to be voting your Christian principles and ideals, not voting your race, not voting your party, not voting uh, whatever other sort of issues people throw out at you, mm-hmm. but voting for what you know God <clears throat> approves and voting against what you know God disapproves. And God disapproves of abortion, and God disapproves of all this gender-bending nonsense that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. It's not hatred for homosexuality or homosexuals or hatred of transgenders. These are people who need help, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to transform the culture into a point where we say, well, what God told us, which is that they're male and female, that doesn't matter. We throw that out. What God says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, we throw that out. We're going to do whatever we want to do. That's Christians ought to be voting against anybody who represents that worldview. Amen. And that's what the Democrat Party has come to represent. Amen, brother. Preach it. And uh, I praise God for speaking the truth so clearly. We've got to understand what the Bible teaches, and we understand it's a rebellion against God and against the truth. And uh, we've got to stop caving to some of the so-called emotional or compassionate language, uh, seductive, deceptive language that's being used. I want to go to your website, StandAmerica.us, and just share a quote. And thank you for quoting um, a lot of our founders and presidents and uh, Washington, Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and others. Um, And you say the left has convinced many Americans that we are a nation of social injustice. They have perverted our history, seduced our children, and poisoned our culture. And our listeners would agree with that. Stand is leading a movement to unite Americans of all ancestries and national origins. So I want to thank you for just being bold and putting that out there, uh, E.W. Jackson. We appreciate that very, very much. And just share a little bit more about uh, the website and uh, the information you guys have on there and uh, uh, what people can uh, find out about you guys. Absolutely. They, I, I said we'll be posting the Save the Children conference on the website today. Oh, good. Uh, they can go to the website and find out about uh, our Celebrate American History Month. They can find out we have something called Stand with Law Enforcement. Uh, there are a lot of things that we, we also have a, a Project Awakening, in which we talk about the importance of transforming the inner cities through the power of, of faith and prayer and rebuilding families and those fundamental school choice, educational choice, and those things that we think will really help rather than this it's kind of keeping people stagnated in poverty and dependence by constantly incentivizing 
the breakdown of family mm. and the lawlessness, the, the, the no-bail policies and the things that only serve to destabilize these communities and keep them in a subservient and dependent position. So, so all of that stuff is going on on our website. I want to say you mentioned the radio program. I'm on 1 p.m. every uh, day, Monday through Friday, that is, on American Family Radio. They can download the app to get that. I also have a podcast called Wisdom Awakening, mm. and that comes on at 8.30 a.m. every morning. They can get that on our Facebook page and get that on our website as well. Awesome. So, friends, go to standamerica.us. I'm glad you mentioned the breakdown of the family. Uh, we've got eight minutes left with you, E.W. Jackson, and um, uh, I've written about this. I I have one perspective. I know you might might have another that would maybe piggyback on what what I believe, I know since the 1960s, what uh, Lyndon Johnson did in the Great Society uh, failed to help the inner cities, the poor. He failed to eradicate poverty, only hurt the black community, especially creating these massive government programs and just caused some more issues. And I want to quote uh, Colonel Allen West and then get your response. Uh, he was born in 1961. And he said the traditional two-parent household in the black community was nearly 77%, mom and dad. Uh, there were thriving black-owned businesses throughout our community. Today, only 24% of black kids have mom and dad in the home. We, have, we can have all the conversations about racism you want, but we will just keep whistling past the graveyard. E.W. Jackson, your thoughts? Well, Alan West is a friend of mine and a, and a hero of mine as well who served this country, and I think he is absolutely spot on, as he always is. You know, let, let me say something, because you have a Christian audience, and they'll understand this. Mm-hmm. Others will not. The spirit of the Democrat Party has not changed since the days of slavery. It was the party of control and dependence then. It is the party of control and dependence now. Yes. Um, because what the Democrat Party has really done it, it, I don't think it ever intended to liberate black people from poverty or discrimination or anything else. I think what it intended to do was create dependence. And, and Johnson famously said, if we do this for them, we will control them. And he spliced it with um, some very nasty racial language. Yep. We will control them for the next 200 years. And frankly, we're about uh, 60 years into that. <laughs> and so far, what he said seems to be true. But I really believe that there's about to be a break, and the black community is waking up to the fact that this, these policies, welfare policies and, and, and policies on crime and this pandering to race mm-hmm. has not helped them. It has only served to hurt them and debilitate them and stop them from the progress that they could make. I was raised uh, by a dad, uh, a, a proud American dad, who taught me you're responsible for your own decisions. I expect you to do something with your life. You will face obstacles. You go over them, under, around them, through them. You live in the greatest country on earth. You have opportunities abounding all around you. It's up to you what you do with them. And that's very different than what's the, the, the ideology of the left today and the so-called civil rights leaders today, which is you're a victim, you can't do it, they won't let you, it's too bad, America's racist, America's white supremacist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They are sowing the seeds of despair in people's hearts, sowing the wind, as the Bible says, and they shouldn't be surprised that they're reaping the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. They sure are. Um, E.W. Jackson, we've got uh, less than five minutes left. Uh, there's so much we could talk about because the family unit is so important, and yet that is one of the things that the enemy had set out to attack. And as you mentioned, even on the Black Lives Matter website, they were really anti-family, uh, anti-Christian values, biblical worldview, and yet so many people went along with it out of n- being naive. And you, you can't. You can't do that anymore. Um, so this rhetoric continues. And people fell for it. You know, Barack Obama was a, a very, uh, he was a really strong orator. He, he, he spoke really well and he used these, a lot of persuasive words. And now we've got the Biden-Harris administration, some would call it the O-Biden administration, a lot of the same policies. I think they're taking it to another level of evil, but they're saying a lot of the same things. And there's, I think there's a fear of people um, that they they want to go along with this because it sounds good, but yet they, they have a conscience. They know. So how would you encourage Christians that are listening to have these conversations with people about actually 
policy and legislation and not make it about, because the left, you know, they're making it about Trump, about personality instead of about policy and legislation. Well, look, I'd ask this question. Do you want protest or do you want progress? Do you really want to see your children? Look, I was born into a broken home. I lived in foster care until I was 10 years old. My father took custody of me at the age of 10, taught me the the kinds of things I just shared with you. I went from being an F student in fifth grade to ultimately graduating from Harvard Law School. Mm. And I didn't have any connections. I didn't have anybody I knew. I didn't have anybody to open doors for me other than God Almighty and a dad who said, son, you can do anything you set your mind to do, but you've got to be willing to work for it and don't expect anybody to give you anything because nobody owes you anything. You go out and work for what you want. If you want your children to succeed, if you want the community to do better, if you want black folks particularly to really achieve, then there's got to be a sense of meritocracy, responsibility, um, taking advantage of the blessings that God has given us by being Americans, rather than wallowing in this victimization mindset that says everything that happens to me, it's somehow, quote-unquote, white people's fault. Mm. Um, as some guy from MSNBC said, you know, white people only, uh, they only have one reaction, and that's to get angry when they don't get their way, and that's what's causing all our problems. I mean, this is, this is, wow. this is Hitlerian type racism. Mm-hmm. And, and black folks ought to understand that's not benefiting you, that's not benefiting the culture. If you want to see good things happen, you gotta teach your children that the world is open to them through this wonderful country of ours. And yeah, there may be idiots out there who have racial animus, but so what? That's not most of the American people. The door is wide open. God is on your side, and you can do and achieve anything you set your mind to with the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you. That's the way I was taught. It worked for me. It's worked for my children. It'll work for anybody who puts it to work. But this victimization stuff is a dead end. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly what Marxism promotes. And, uh, guys, take heed to E.W. Jackson's words because it's so important to understand that. Um, Know the truth and just You've got to teach your kids because they're going to get their minds filled with this garbage when they go to the government-run schools because of the ideologies they're pushed down through the uh, National Education Association. So I want to encourage people to go to AmericanFamilyRadio.net and uh, also StandAmerica.us to get more information on the conference coming up in Chicago, Save the Children at New Beginnings Church on October 15th. E.W. Jackson went by fast. God bless you, brother. We appreciate your work and your voice. Thank you, brother. God bless you, too. Thank you, sir. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about a couple more articles that we teased at the top of the podcast on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, guys, uh, fully 70% of American believers went to church, houses of worship, back in 1999. How many years ago was that? (laughs) That seems like a lot, right? 22, 23 years ago. So 70% of Americans went to church. Today, less than half of Americans attend church. That is a massive cultural shift. Now, we've speculated, we've talked about the polls and the surveys and the belief in God dipping to new lows and uh, the inerrancy, the belief in the inerrancy of scriptures dipping to just 20% in America. But this is what we can expect. Uh, We've got a cultural rebellion that's happening right in front of us, around us. And one of the problems is, I don't want to go on this too long. One of the problems is people just don't want to get involved. They don't. They just want to stay home, kind of ignore what's going on, and uh, pretend that uh, this is not an issue, uh, or or it won't affect them. That's a better way to put it. That it won't affect you. Uh, I want to share the, the definition of escapism. It means the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. Escapism is a mental diversion, a diversion from unpleasant or even boring aspects of daily life. But let's talk about the unpleasant 
and what we're seeing, what we don't want to acknowledge is going on. And I think that's part of the reason we're not being effective salt and light as the church is called to be. Because it's easier to escape, right? So keep that in mind. I've been thinking a lot about this where it pertains to Christians and the church. I mean, there's a problem in the pulpits across the country. No doubt there's a problem with the pulpits and their lack of true biblical teaching and addressing issues of our day and teaching the whole counsel of God, Bible prophecy, discipleship, evangelism. But escapism affects the everyday average Christian and family. So go look up that definition sometime and just think about it and just be on guard. I find myself falling into that every now and then. So this article I talked about at the top of the podcast, Forbes, took down a story about a a true story about a teenage girl who detransitioned. We've heard it happens more often than what the media will report. And they claimed that the story violated their editorial guidelines. So let's talk about Chloe. Cole, C-O-L-E, at just 15 years old, underwent a surgery that radically changed her life. She had a double mastectomy after taking puberty blockers earlier. So she must have started those at, what, 13, 14, I don't know. Believing she was transgender like a male born in the wrong body. You know the, the famous song, they were born this way, right? Well, Forbes initially published the article, and I'm not picking on just Forbes here. There are media outlets across the country that have done this. They put it up and they realize, uh-oh, it, it tells the wrong story. It tells, talks about sex change regret, talks about detransitioning. But now the 18-year-old has spoken out about the dangers of body-altering surgeries for children and teenagers. The outlet has since removed the story and um, let, let me just say this 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 guy Don Ennis um he's a male who identifies as female he originally wrote the piece for the Los Angeles Blade it's a pro LGBT website it was republished to Forbes because it was on this website but it immediately drew criticism for content many readers believed to be factually inad- inaccurate inaccurate so quote they we removed that article because it violated our editorial guideline of publishing work that was published elsewhere. So it was published on a pro-LGBT website. And we've had Laura Perry on, former transgender. I think we had her on telling her story, an amazing um, story of victory in Christ. She was on a couple weeks ago. But her story is now censored. It's now not popular with the mainstream media, with the left. But yet it's truthful, isn't it? It's a true story. It's her life. It's what happened. So who's really looking out for the children? Who is really looking out for the children? So now I want to transition to another story. Um, Texas teacher was fired for telling students, don't judge people for wanting to have sex with five-year-olds and asking them to call pedophiles minor attracted persons. So it's a high school teacher. By the way, Friends, whenever we, we, I told you when we did an education show uh, two weeks ago, I told you we could fill up, not maybe not fill up a podcast every day, but we could definitely find a couple stories every day from across the country of a teacher or something in the public school system, an administrator, a school board member, somebody doing something that you would not approve of as Bible-believing Christians. So a high school teacher appeared to defend pedophilia to her students, uh, was fired, and someone put up an 18-second clip. They put it up on TikTok, and it was Franklin High School. The teacher is Amber Parker, and she's heard urging her students to call pedophiles minor attracted persons. Why? I did an article last year on, I forgot this, this person's name, was trying to promote this um, th- at the university level, minor attracted persons. So now they're removing, they're, they're trying to destigmatize pedophilia. In other words, it's not as um, harmful or not as dangerous or not as bad as what people think. These are people, according to the narrative, they were born in the wrong body or they were born that way. They can't help their 
behavior or attractions, right? They're the victims, right? <laughs> Pedophiles, they're the victims. They just act out on what they, they can't help it. So this was in Texas, though. I mean, it's happening. If, if it can happen in Texas, in the school system there, not that they're the model for public school uh, or education. but So just keep your ear out for that idea now where they're trying to kind of soften, um, what do you call it? Yeah, they're trying to just try sugarcoat pedophilia. We warned about this years ago, and we're going down this road, apparently. Be careful, friends. Next, back, uh, we seem to be doing, you know, let me do this story first, and then we'll go back to the New York City middle school, middle school teacher who tells her students to throw bricks at those with opposing views. She's talking about supporting Black Lives Matter, being in, uh, in Antifa, being pro-choice, and uh, throwing bricks at protests, right? We're going to get to that in a minute if we have time, but you get the idea there. It's radical. Some, some teachers are radicalized. They're in their 20s, right? A lot of them that are getting into the school system as teachers. What do you think they learned growing up? They learned to be social justice activists. They didn't learn the truth about all the issues in America. So let's go to this article over at uh, The College Fix. Great website, by the way, The College Fix. One in four Jesuit Catholic universities cover gender-affirming treatment. Um, yes, you heard that right. Some Catholic universities now are helping students get this treatment. So according to The College Fix, at least 27, I'm sorry, seven of the 27 Catholic universities in the U.S. cover gender-affirming treatment. What is that? Well, first of all, they cover this in their student health plans. And the coverage of these drugs and surgeries, which can include the permanent sterilization of fertility, is at odds with, apparently, (laughs) with the teachings of the Catholic Church. But what does that matter, right? I mean, the church is split on abortion, even. um, So this is just another one of those issues that, it may be in some of the doctrine found somewhere in the Catholic Church, but it, people don't understand or they don't go by the teachings of the church. Some universities do not offer student health plans, while others did not list the details of their insurance. So it's possible more campuses do pay for transgender drugs or surgeries. And this is, again, according to the College Fix. One example, Fordham University covers medically necessary surgical hormone replacement therapy, and counseling. Now, this is according to the benefits uh, summary document of a health insurance plan provided by one of the insurance companies. It also covers, guess what, elective abortions. Wow, that's under health care? Insurance covers that, despite, again, the Catholic Church's stance, apparently, against the killing of preborn babies. I don't know... Um, I don't know if the church's doctrine has changed because they've added a lot of doctrines through the years, through the centuries. A lot of the doctrines changed by popes and by leadership there and going by tradition. I don't know that they've changed the doctrine of life in a mother's womb and protecting preborn babies. So assuming that the Catholic Church has not changed that doctrine like they've changed and added to many others, then this is going on against the doctrine of the church, and yet these universities are still apparently <laughs> Catholic universities. So we're not surprised by this, just bring it, bringing it to your attention that it's not just the secular institutions that are doing this. Let's go over to Boston College. They cover breast reduction, breast augmentation, implants, or prosthetic devices only for the purposes of gender-affirming or gender dysphoria treatment according to an insurance certificate from Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare. All right, we, we can also just go on. Um, they did, by the way, the College Fix did send an inquiry to the Archdiocese of Boston regarding the health insurance policies of the college to which no response was received. I just think maybe they're embarrassed by this, maybe the Catholic Church, maybe they understand They've got people that are sitting in their pews that don't believe their church doctrines. They're just sitting there because they feel better about themselves if they attend church every Sunday. I don't know. I'm speculating there. You can maybe reason with me on that. But So that's one to point that out. One more thing. Um, we've got a couple minutes left. 
I'm going to skip that story. I did read you the headline, though. It's just a disturbing story about Project Veritas video uh, with that New York City middle school middle school teacher um, talking about strategic ways to protest. I told you how many times I've told you, forgive me for being redundant, they are grooming social justice activists and progressives. They're not teaching children how to think. They're telling them what to think. One more thing. This is disturbing. Different topic, but um, the Biden administration is apparently looking to buy oil at $80 a gallon when Democrats blocked President Trump from buying oil at $24 a gallon. You're thinking, well, that's that doesn't sound right. Well, of course. <laughs> the Biden administration is considering replenishing the strategic petroleum reserve when oil dips below $80 a barrel. Just two years after Democrats blocked former President Donald Trump from filling the oil reserve at a fraction of the price. So Biden uh, ordered the release of a record 180 million barrels of oil from the reserve in an attempt to stem supply shortages and the rapid rise of gas prices. It didn't work, though, following the invasion of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So. But at the time, oil was priced when Trump was in office at $24 a barrel. And Republicans proposed spending $3 billion to fill up the reserve. But the idea became a political football. And Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer um, said that his party blocked a bailout for big oil. Well, since the start of the year, the Biden administration has reduced U.S. crude oil in the strategic strategic petroleum reserve to 442 million barrels from about 600 million barrels. So the reserve is going down, and now they're willing to spend $80, buy oil at $80 um, a gallon, isn't a barrel, $80 a barrel. Yep. And we've got midterm elections coming up <laughs> in November. Uh, remember, that's what we need to start saying, friends. When we're looking at all this, the administration is doing the direction of our country, government, the policies. We need to say, remember in November and get Christians out to vote. Remember in November. Because as we've said, if just 2% more Christians go to, to, to vote, because millions, up to around 30 to in some estimates, 30, 35 million Christians do not vote in elections. If just 2% of Christians, more Christians would vote, elections would not be close, even with the fraud and cheating that goes on every election at some point to some degree. We've got to keep voting. That's one of the ways we have a voice. We have a say in who's legislation is going to come down from Washington, D.C. Guys, we ran out of time already. Remember to check out E.W. Jackson's website, standamerica.us. Tomorrow we're blessed to have Jonathan Brentner back with us, and we'll talk about some of his recent articles. Great reading over at harbingersdaily.com. Check out Harbingers Daily, a big supporter of this podcast. We've got Pastor Steve Smotherman on Thursday. Uh, Friday, Elijah Abraham is going to come on the podcast before he goes on another international trip. But uh, thanks for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>